0: Welcome to episode 18 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and today I want to talk about pain, the quick fix, crisis, and why I think it is a great time to be a United Methodist. There's a saying, no pain, no gain. I'm sure you've heard it before, and this really is true. It's true for building strength or fitness. It's true for learning a skill for saving for retirement, and just about anything that's worth working for. In emotional process and family systems theory, pain is considered an opportunity for growth. When we are hurting, it's an opportunity to grow stronger by focusing on our own internal resources, by growing more self-differentiated, by taking responsibility for self and taking responsibility for our own position instead of blaming others. I was recently at the Center for Family Process in Bethesda, Maryland. This is the Family Systems Center that was founded by Edwin Friedman, author of Generation to Generation, Family Process in Church and Synagogue. And I attend monthly lectures there, and this past lecture was actually a video of Ed Friedman from the early 90s, and in it he said, I'm on the side of pain, not comfort. Now that might sound cold and calloused, but it actually is a form of caring. He was talking about this in terms of being a therapist, but I think this would be true uh, as a family member, as a leader, as a pastor, in whatever situation you're in. Being on the side of pain and not comfort actually is a form of caring. What it says is, I care about you so much that I'm not going to try to relieve your pain. I'm not going to try to take away your opportunity for growth. So I will walk with you. I will stay with you. I will stay emotionally connected to you. But I am willing to let you go through your pain so you can grow stronger, so you can get better, so you can become more self-differentiated emotional pain is often a function of loss it's what we call grief and it can be the loss of a relationship when somebody dies or when there's a divorce or a cutoff it can be the loss of a job or a home or an identity and loss is a function of change so even good change like a birth or a marriage or a job promotion or retirement can cause pain In fact, in the retreat ministry that I'm a part of, we do a transition retreat for clergy who are about to retire or are recently retired because one of the biggest challenges for clergy is this loss of identity. Their identity is so wrapped up in uh, their professional role as a clergy person that working through the pain of that transition is really important. I was talking to a friend the other day at a clergy meeting who is retiring, and I was congratulating him. I said, this is really exciting, and he said, yes, but scary too. Any kind of change, whether it's positive or negative, is scary and comes with it the ability to grow through working through our own pain. What happens when we have a low threshold for pain, when we try to avoid pain, when we seek comfort over pain, is that we seek a quick fix. How often have you seen an older man who is widowed and who is remarried within six months? I used to see this more often when I was a pastor and working with uh, the GI generation and the silent generation people who grew up kind of in the more traditional marriage arrangement where the wife took care of all of the home functions and the husband just went out and worked and really didn't contribute a lot emotionally to the system. And so when the woman would die, the man just didn't know how to cope and would just get remarried right away. In fact, both of my aunts were widowed in their 60s, early to mid-60s. And when one of my aunts was asked if she was going to remarry, she said, why would I do that? I took care of one man for 40 years. You know, now it's time for me to live. And so that kind of is a an indication of kind of that old traditional arrangement. But that's what would happen is the If a woman would die, a man was left alone emotionally, he was on his own, couldn't cope with it, and so he would seek that quick fix. He would get married very early. In fact, I've seen some situations where men were married, remarried within three months, and it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't that they had this woman on the side, it was just that they were so unable to cope with their pain that they sought the quick fix. I am not picking on widowers here either. I believe that part of what we are experiencing in our society is that pain is considered bad and comfort is considered good so in general our society is creating a system where we have lower thresholds for pain either our own pain or the pain of others and what this does is this encourages people to seek a quick fix a quick fix mentality seeks immediate symptom relief instead of going through the longer more painful process of fundamental change. One characteristic is a low threshold for emotional pain and that would be our own pain or even the pain of others. So sometimes when other people are going through pain emotional pain instead of giving them the opportunity to grow we actually rush in and try to uh, help them to relieve the pain. This is what has happened with helicopter parents and what they sometimes now call snowplow parents. Helicopter parents hover over, but snowplow parents actually try to bulldoze all the obstacles that a young person encounters, that their child encounters, so that they won't have to experience any pain or challenge. And what we know is that by doing this, we are actually making children less capable of dealing with life because if you don't learn how to deal with challenge when you're a child it's going to be even harder to do it as an adult. So this idea of a quick fix mentality in our society is working against emotional growth. It's working against the ability for individuals, families, organizations, and even our country as a whole to go through process of growth. Working through the emotional pain is how we grow and progress in life. And people with a low pain threshold will avoid facing their pain and the accompanying possibility for positive change. That's what it means to seek a quick fix. Many churches are going through the grief that accompanies change. They are no longer what they were. They pine for the good old days they don't realize that their best attenders now only come once or twice a month instead of every week. So even if they had the same number of households, which many don't, but even if they had the same number of households, their attendance would be one quarter to one half of what it was 10 to 20 years ago. Coping with this kind of change means that churches, congregations need to change as well. They need to do things differently instead of saying we need to go back to the old days. But what happens is they focus on symptoms like money and attendance and how are we going to get back to the old days. In churches, one of the ways we seek the quick fix is we go for the latest greatest program or we go for a strategic planning process thinking that this is going to be the quick fix. This is going to be the thing that gets us back on track. But we know that if the people in the church aren't willing to change, any program is worthless. In fact, it is the very fact that they're not willing to change, they're not willing to go through the emotional pain, the process of growth, that is why they seek the quick fix. So we know that if they're not willing to change, all of that is worthless. Sometimes the the church will blame the pastor for their own unwillingness to change. And so then they seek the quick fix of getting a new pastor. And of course, we know this doesn't work as well. It's only through going through the pain of change, the pain of growth, that a church or an individual or any other organization has the chance to actually grow and and respond to the changing circumstances around. So whether it's church growth or survival or personal health or political change or emotional growth, we know that there is no quick fix. The path to new life goes through death. The old has to die so the new can replace it. This is what change is and it's painful but like Friedman, I'm on the side of pain not comfort because I know that If we are avoiding our pain, we are not going to be able to work through the process of fundamental change. And if we're not willing to do that, if we seek the quick fix, we're only going to cause more problems for ourselves. Edwin Friedman talks about the opportunity that life cycle ceremonies present for growth in a system, and particularly a family system. These can be a birth or a marriage, and especially a death. These life cycle ceremonies, these changes in the system, come because the homeostasis, the current equilibrium of the system, is broken. By definition, this causes a change in the system, and so it creates the opportunity for people to work through that change and actually grow. This is what he calls the breakdown of the current homeostasis, and it is a tremendous opportunity for people to rework relationships, for cutoffs to be restored, for conflicts to be resolved, for people to change how they function in the system to create growth for everybody, for the system itself. From a systems perspective, death has the greatest influence on a family, especially when it's expected. When someone is terminally ill, it provides an opportunity for people to work out unresolved issues. You know, there's a certain intimacy that uh, occurs when people are with a dying family member. And while the traditional focus is on making the patient comfortable, a family systems perspective would be to help the family self-differentiate. Because of this greater intimacy, which affords that opportunity, if there is a non-anxious presence, someone who can differentiate themselves in the system, this encourages others to do the same. And it doesn't have to be a family member. In fact, this is where a clergy person can really help a family work through this opportunity for growth to deal with their pain and actually to get healthier as a system. The general principle here is that a crisis is an opportunity for growth. The crisis by definition creates this breakdown, it, it kind of shatters all of the normal ways of functioning because everything is up for grabs and so what happens in a crisis is that there is an opportunity for growth or people can seek the quick fix and avoid their pain. I think it's a great time to be a United Methodist because our denomination is in crisis. We've been focused on human sexuality for three decades now as kind of, I, I think it's a way we've been avoiding the pain of our denomination declining. So we've kind of been triangling human sexuality as a way to not deal with uh, how we are going to adapt to a changing society. And in so doing, we're treating a solution to our human sexuality differences as uh, a quick fix to the denomination. We had this special general conference in February where people were really hopeful that it would solve our differences, that it would allow us to move on and get to the business of ministry. But but it didn't. And I think in hindsight, it's pretty easy to say that... I'm not sure why we were very hopeful. What the General Conference did do was it created chaos. It created a crisis. And it's in this crisis that I believe we find an opportunity. Now, the crisis was created because one side, the conservative side, got their way. And the other side, the liberal side, didn't get their way. Now, why is that any different than it was before. All these are times when we've been fighting this same battle. It's different because I think there was so much hope that there was a possibility for a solution. And because things really didn't change, I just think it created chaos. I think people are saying we're stuck. It's no longer going to work to try to find a solution in living together. So this crisis is an opportunity. How often have we heard the story of someone who has hit rock bottom, woke up and turned their life around? You know, sometimes it's the pain that has to get super intense that's required for us to change. Sometimes that's the only way to change because we are going through a crisis and I think that is what is happening with the United Methodist Church right now. I wish it didn't have to be that way, but if we are looking for a quick fix it's almost always the case that a crisis is the only way for us to think about possible change. So what General Conference 2019 did was it created a crisis. I think virtually everybody now has realized that there is no Quick fix. And I believe that in this crisis is an opportunity to redefine who we are as Methodists. What I think this does is, I think it makes a split inevitable. And the question is, how will we go about it? Will we continue to fight tooth and nail to the bitter end? That could be, take a decade or longer uh, for a split to occur. And there will be a lot of hurt people, a lot of pain, and really no real resolution. Or will we be able to work through our own pain so that we can find growth, so we can find possibility? I don't know what's going to happen, but here's what I think we need. I think we need self-differentiated leaders. We need non-anxious leaders. And if you don't know what a self-differentiated leader is, you can go back to episode four. I cover that Mm -hmm. in that, that episode of the podcast. But here's the crux. We need people who are willing to define their own position, their own goals, while giving others the freedom to disagree. We need people who are not trying to define others by blaming or demonizing or playing the victim. We need conservatives and liberals who can take responsibility for self without trying to convince others that they are wrong. We need people who are willing to choose pain over comfort. This is going to be a long process regardless of what happens. And the question is, are we willing to lean into that pain, own it, work through it, take responsibility for it, and understand that somehow in that breakdown of everything, we might find mutual understanding. We might find a way to let each other live separately, but live fully. I think it's going to be a long and painful process, whatever happens. The question is, will it be life-giving or will it be destructive? I think if we can have enough self-differentiated leaders in the process, we have a chance for new life. So that's it for this episode, not really a whole lot to link in the show notes, but you can find information on being a non-anxious leader at the thenonanxiousleader.com. So until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself.